Welcome to the Mission Uplift podcast. I am your host, Jen, and I am thrilled that you've chosen to stop by. I'm excited about today's episode on uplifting soul care with Dr. Michelle Picorni. Dr. Michelle Picorni serves as an adjunct professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, teaching doctoral classes on spiritual formation, spiritual disciplines, and soul care. Michelle developed a passion for women's ministry during her college years while serving as a counselor at Pine Cove Christian Camps. Her desire to see women thrive in their giftings led her to DTS to gain a solid biblical and theological foundation. After receiving her master's in Christian education in women's ministry, Dr. Picorni worked with East West Ministries International, where she served in human resources and on the International Women's Ministries training team. Michelle's doctoral work focused on burnout and soul care among Christian leaders. Michelle is married to Mark and their favorite hobbies include traveling, exercising, and enjoying food and laughter with friends and family. They have one active toddler, Alexander. Michelle and I had a wonderful conversation and we talked about burnout and soul care and spiritual rhythms. This is a topic for everyone, so I encourage you to really lean in. Check out Uplifting Soul Care with Dr. Michelle Picorni. Welcome back to Mission Uplift. This is Jen, and I am so excited to introduce today's guest to you. We work together at Dallas Theological Seminary, and uh, you are going to enjoy so much of what she is going to share today. So welcome, Michelle Pokorny. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So glad you are here, and I'd love it if you'd share just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I um, live up in Plano. I am married to Mark. We've been married six years. We got married a little bit later in life. Um, and then um, as a result, had I'm a geriatric mom. That's what they call me because I have a two-year-old son, Alexander, and I'm in my 40s. And so, <laughs> um, so right now, caring for him consumes most of my days. But previously, I have been super involved at Dallas Seminary, um, went to school there, got my master's there, got my doctorate there in spiritual formation. And now how I'm still connected is I actually co-facilitate a doctoral cohort in spiritual formation and soul care. And so um, I believe we're going to get into a little bit more of that, but that is something I'm super passionate about and something that fills my days as well. Yes, yes. And I am just so blessed by the connections that have been made through through DTS and getting to know people and hear their stories and and even how uh, their stories have contributed even to some of the the work that people have done like yourself even with your your dissertation and you know with with burnout you had research on burnout which I actually was thinking remembering today I, I wrote a paper an independent study a few years ago. And I remember a number of the resources you shared with me that were oh, okay. so valuable. I think it was <laughs> uh, Faithful and Fractured, the book Faithful and Fractured was, I used a lot of that <laughs> in that paper. But you you shared part of your, your work with me and it, I've just always remembered 
you talking about burnout and soul care and how passionate you were about it. How did that become something so real to you personally? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I grew up in a Christian home, um, wonderful family, and a lot of people in my extended family are actually strong believers who you know, are devoted to the Lord. And so I had a strong foundation, but it wasn't until college that I really got exposed to a more in-depth Bible study as well as just ministry. So I started working at a Christian camp and loved that experience. Like I became almost addicted to it. I went back summer after summer and I just, that was so life-giving for me. But the, the thing, and so because of that experience, I decided to go into full-time ministry that this is what I want to devote my life to is full-time ministry, helping other people. But it became the thing like full-time ministry and the accolades I received from that. And the work that was involved with that and the pressure of living for eternal significance, that kind of became the all encompassing thing rather than just drawing my life from the Lord. I remember driving, I was working at camp and I was driving down the road one day and I had this like jarring thought, like, I don't like who I'm becoming. And it really woke me up because it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't like who I'm becoming. And I started just, okay, Lord, <laughs> we need to step back and kind of reevaluate some things here because I was, I was overcommitting myself. I was getting burned out. I was really, really struggling with people pleasing and just trying to seek the approval of men and my directors. And um, yeah, I just, I did not like who I was becoming. And so I kind of had this pattern in my life that really probably started somewhat by my nature, my temperament of just dancing around burnout. Um, never quite getting to the point of like debilitation, but just a pattern of life of being busy, exhausted, overcommitted, harried, short-tempered at times. Like people would become, you know, I was giving my life to people, but then they would become like too demanding and I would have to really back up. And so just had this pattern of dancing around burnout. And so it wasn't really until I got to seminary that um, I was around some great mentors and they poured their life out for people. They loved the Lord dearly, but they had a healthy rhythm of work and rest. And I was so drawn to this grace paced life that they were living. And I just wanted to be, uh, for my life to change and be more like that. <laughs> and so, um, I think so many people in the culture we live in today, regardless of your vocation, regardless of your stage of life can really be tempted towards burnout. And so I just became very passionate about looking at it and studying it, what contributing factors lead to it, and what are the signs of it, and then how do we do life differently? How do we really receive from the vine and allow the Lord to nourish us? So that, that's kind of some background to yeah. something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> I appreciate how you phrase dancing around burnout. I think that gives such a great image because I think that describes many of us Mm -hmm. where maybe it hasn't come to be full-blown burnout, but it's so close. Yeah. So close. And, and, and then the contrast in even saying the, the people who you began to know and had this grace-paced mm -hmm. way of living. And that's the image of both just sticks out to me mm -hmm. because I think we can so easily dance and dabble and be so close and then think, okay, I I'm okay. I'm mm -hmm. okay. You know, like we kind of bounce back, so to speak. And so we think, oh, I bounce back. And so it's not 
that big of a deal, but I remember hearing kind of an analogy of, or an illustration of even how a rubber band sometimes bounces back, but eventually it just becomes stretched out and it won't snap back. It won't bounce back and how we we're often like that. Yeah. I, I kept telling myself, it's just a season. It's just a season. It's just, and I had a very loving friend call me out on that. She's like, it's been a season for several years now, (laughs) kind of your pattern of living. Um, And so that really got my attention in the midst of that journey too. But yeah, I think it's something that we're, a lot of us really are prone to. Even in, in ministry life, we can often work at a pace that's not grace paced. I think it it can Mm -hmm. be running full steam and without that pause to really, like you said, draw from the vine. We, we dry up. Yep. We burn out. Yeah. Now you eventually went on to, to write about this in your dissertation. And Mm -hmm. I know just from the little bit that you had shared with me, it was so rich and, what was that journey like even even going through your doctoral program and of course did you even experience kind of dancing around burnout in that process oh totally (laughs) (laughs) definitely did i i mean yeah i almost burned out in the process and so it actually took me a year longer than it was supposed to because i had to kind of take a step back and I mean, lots of, all of us are juggling so many things, you know, it's, it's rare that someone is just focusing on one aspect and writing is just a discipline. (laughs) And so it's a time consuming thing. And I wanted to do it well, obviously. And one of my struggles that, that the research actually highlighted is you can do things for excellence or you can do it with a more of a perfectionistic mindset. And there's a difference. And I struggle with that perfectionism where I will tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak until I feel like something's perfect when really something's probably good enough and I could leave it alone. Um, And so I had to really battle that throughout my dissertation um, through that writing process. So yeah, I definitely (laughs) danced around burnout throughout that journey. I I often say that I'm a recovering perfectionist (laughs) (laughs) because it's, it's so tempting to, to focus in on, on things that will actually hold us back from mm-hmm. submitting it or following through. And mm-hmm. it can be debilitating. I think sometimes I, I know my own experience and versus excellence, like you said, and, and our, my excellence may look different than someone else's excellence and, and being able to, to rest in that. Mm-hmm. That's right. In your research, what are some of the things that really stuck out to you that even in defining what burnout might be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that stuck out was just the fact that it's such a multifaceted condition. There's so many things that can contribute to it. And so the prevalence of it is, is really high because, you know, there's, there's stress issues, there's things that are in our control and things that are outside of our control. And so my research, I was really trying to focus on things that are inside our control. Like how do we live life? How can we pattern our lives in a way that's healthy? We have a healthy rhythm of work and rest. And so I think just for your listeners sake, defining burnout in general might be helpful. So the leading researchers definition, they say burnout's a multifaceted condition comprised of three primary 
aspects. First of that is emotional exhaustion, just meaning you're so depleted that you don't have much to give anymore. And the second is depersonalization. And that goes two ways. One is you're kind of depersonalizing yourself from the role that you're playing. And so you're not as like invested into it mentally. You're not as emotionally committed to it anymore. And then you also may be depersonalizing, is depersonalizing other people in the sense that you see them as tasks rather than people. And that's a big trigger for me. Like whenever I start seeing my people I care deeply about, whenever I start treating my husband as a task, my son as a task, whenever I feel like what they're requiring of me is more than I can give, then I know like, okay, I need some margin in my life. <laughs> so emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and then finally it's just reduced personal accomplishment, meaning you're just not as effective as you used to be. So those are the, that's like what the researchers say about burnout. A definition that's easier to hold on to maybe is just simply energy depletion without commensurate, commensurate renewal. And so you're pouring out, but you're just not getting filled back up. And over time, you'll be like that rubber band that you talked about, you'll snap. So um, it's just a period of chronic stress that has no real end in sight. That's helpful because you know, even considering sometimes there are seasons that are stressful, like even when you talked about, you know, you had that friend who spoke with you and said, it's not a season, it's a, it's a, maybe a pattern or a, a lifestyle. Even we can, we can function um, and there's stress all around us. So we function in this stress, stressful environment, some that are outside of our control. Right. But when we get to that point where, it's we're at that place it's it's scary and i think sometimes we're so depleted you know mm -hmm. like you said that we don't even realize the magnitude because it takes too much energy to to think it through sometimes i know yeah. in my own life of just thinking back through seasons where i did not have margin in my life and it I just thought it takes too much to even go there. Like, do, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I have to get done? What's the next thing to check off a list? The interesting thing about stress too is just, I mean, there's good stress, there's positive stress that helps you get things done. I mean, think about a basketball player. We're right in the middle of March Madness. I know we won't be by the time this airs, but as we're recording, March Madness is happening. And you think about that pressure that those players are under and sometimes that leads them to perform at a peak level. And sometimes that pressure causes them to crater. And so there's the stress that can lead to, you know, a peak performance. And then there's too much stress that leads to that catering that happens. And so another interesting thing about stress is our bodies actually physically can get addicted to it. And so you think about those people that are just running, 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 going, 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 going. And then all of a sudden they, for whatever reason, have a stopping point in their life and they get super sick. That happens a lot. Lots of times people that retire end up having like a heart attack after they retire wow. um, because there's this addiction to stress and this buildup of cortisol in your body that kind of can have a, a, and a very negative, obviously impact on your body. So, and we're such holistic integrated beings um, that what I do physically impacts what I, how I feel emotionally, what I think impacts how I feel. I mean, just 
sometimes we separate those things out a little bit too much, but we're so integrated. Those things really have an impact on each other. Absolutely. It's also intertwined. Mm-hmm. Now I can think of instances where I myself have had a pause and gotten sick or you know, other people, but I, I never thought about the fact of stress being a, addictive. And mm-hmm. it, it's such a interesting way of looking at it because we are, we are holistic beings. So there's a certain adrenaline. Exactly. That, that we can so easily run off of, but eventually we stop running at that pace. Right. That is so interesting. A little bit of a crash with that. So yeah. Yeah. In your, in your process of studying and researching and, and, and writing, I imagine a lot of the content was very eye-opening um, mm-hmm. along the way. Did it change any of your, say, rhythms or mm-hmm. how, did, how did it spill over in your own life, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you were even going through that process? That is a great question. It's, something, it's a journey that I am still definitely on. Um, it's something I feel like I learned so much about and I felt and still feel so invited by the Lord to live differently and to have a different mindset. And a lot of it, I mean, three things that I feel like are so foundational in in someone that's dancing on burnout, recovering from burnout, fighting burnout. Um, well, first it's, it's not a sign of failure. It means that you're human. And so, um, I feel like sometimes when people realize like, oh my gosh, I'm burning out. They think, what have I done wrong? It's not a sign of weakness or failure. It's just a sign that you're human. And then we all have these limits that we are invited to embrace. And so that was one thing that I really um, have tried to do. I'm still on the journey, as I said, but it's just look at, look at what my limits are. Like how much sleep do I need at night? I'm in a phase where I have a toddler. So his sleep often dictates my own sleep. And so I realized like early on, like if he's napping, it's probably a good idea for me to nap because otherwise I'm going to be really depleted. And so just, just little tweaks like that. It's not like it was a huge significant overhaul of how I patterned my days. Well, previously when I would wake up, like my to-do list would hit my head as soon as I would wake up and I would feel anxious. I mean, right from the get-go. And so And lots of times, you know, that was facilitated by is the fact that I would pick up my phone when I would wake up, check my email. And then all of a sudden, like all the, the needs of the day would come running at me. And so now I practice that I've tried to adopt is instead of checking my phone, instead of, you know, getting up and hitting the ground running is just to kind of sit on the side of my bed, remind myself that I'm a child of God. And so, or even just lay in my bed for a couple of minutes and just breathe in, breathe out and just remind myself, like, I'm God's beloved child. And then Lord, what do you have for me today? I mean, just kind of centering my day. It sounds so simple. <laughs> a lot of people do that already, like with just a quiet time, but I would, it helped to counteract some of that, those ang- anxious thoughts that would hit me right when I would wake up. Um, so that's a practice that I've tried to really adopt. Another practice is the practice of Sabbath. Again, something I'm on the journey on, but um, Sabbath, because one of my struggles that led me towards burnout was performance-based acceptance. Just thinking that my worth is so closely tied to how I perform. My value to other people is, is tied to how I please them. 
And uh, those things are, are very shaky things. And so um, the practice of Sabbath, which is, you know, stopping <laughs> and ceasing and trusting. I mean, the, the key element with Sabbath, it's a relational activity with the Lord that involves trusting in his provision, trusting in his that he works and so therefore i don't have to trusting that he is god he's the creator and i'm created mm -hmm. so that's another practice that helps you to really embrace your limits as well as get into the a practice of attending to god in your life i think we're so distracted um, by so many things vying for our attention that a lack of attentiveness is part of what contributes to burnout um, and so just being more attentive to who God is, his character, and who he's created me to be. I, I so appreciate all that you shared. I, I have really, in the last year, I think faithfully been implementing Sabbath. Oh, um, it was something where um, in the past, uh, pre-seminary, I, I would try to try to practice and I would have a little while and I, I'm grateful for the word practice because it does it means the recovering perfectionist yes, <laughs> in me. Right. I don't have to get it. I don't have to have it perfect. Okay. Um, but I I would have a rhythm for a little while and then I wouldn't, but I don't know that I fully understood um, mm. you know until like the last few years and, and really diving in and reading a little bit more about it. But actually mm -hmm. having the opportunity in this last year where I've prioritized that, that 24 hours. And mm. it's, it is initially, it could be very difficult because like you mentioned with our phones, we, we can be so addicted, you know, right. to, to our second nature is just to pick it up right first thing in the morning or to, I know how many, times do I go in looking for like, say a recipe and then like half hour later, I'm in some other app and <laughs> you know, it's just, we're distracted. We, we are easily distracted, but um, Sabbath has been so life-giving right. and I've appreciated that. And you also mentioned limits and I, I actually just finished the book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship by Pete Scazzaro and it's just mm -hmm. coming out I think tomorrow is the actual release day. I had the, the pleasure of being on the book launch team. And I've read a number of his books, um, mm -hmm. but I have really grown to appreciate his content on limits, really mm -hmm. embracing it, just like you said, mm -hmm. because initially I, I was drawn to it because of my own physical limitations, mm -hmm. but my eyes were open to the reality that we all have limitations regardless of the season of our life. Right. And, you know, we, we may have a certain rhythm in one season of our life and things can change. And now it's a matter of finding that new rhythm and, mm -hmm. you know, we're limited by time. We're limited by the need for sleep. You know, there's just so many limits that I think we live in a world where it's like no limits <laughs> it sounds it sounds great and it sounds like okay i could do anything but but we can't <laughs> you know the reality is um that that kind of uh mentality you know leads to burnout mm -hmm. but That's yet when we embrace the limits that that god has given us right 
like you said, in regards to Sabbath, it's, it's a place of coming to mm -hmm. trusting, trusting mm -hmm. that when I cease and I stop, mm -hmm. that God is still at work mm -hmm. and he's taking care of me and his mm -hmm. provision is his provision, not because I do two hours more work right. um, because I have to get this last email out or mm -hmm. um, it really is a place of trust and surrender. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And delight. I think that's yes. another key element, um, both as a burnout prevention tool at, and just soul care. Like it's just, what is it that nourishes you? What is it that energizes you? I think Sabbath is an opportunity to engage in going out for a walk and enjoying creation. Um, if you love to cook, cooking great food and, and savoring the feasting of that meal, I think looking at things that really delight you that are gifts from the Lord. I mean, God enjoyed his creation on the seventh day and we're invited to enjoy his creation as well. I mean, I think that's a worshipful activity and that's one of my favorite things about Sabbath is it's not just like, it's not just about what we're not doing. It's also about what we're invited into to enjoy with him. Um, and I, something I wanted to mention about limits is looking at Jesus as our example, because he, he shows us what it is to be fully human, to be fully alive. And he embraced his limits. I mean, I, th I think of a couple examples is he got sleep, you know, he was sleeping on the boat <laughs> during a nap in the storm. And there's this phrase that shows up throughout the gospels as was his custom. And so you see that. And anytime I see that phrase, I'm like, okay, what this is telling us how Jesus lived his life, how he patterned his life. And so you know, he went to lonely places and prayed a lot. He, he really nourished his relationship with the Lord. He wasn't afraid to disappoint people. I mean, the expectations that the people of the day had of him were huge. And they expected something totally different than what he, he was bringing the kingdom of God. And what they thought that right. looked like was different. And so he disappointed people. He did not meet their expectations. And so having such a centered identity in who he was enabled him to do that you know, as him being God's beloved son with whom God is well-pleased enabled him to embrace his limits. And that's the example that we have as well, I think. That's incredible. You know, I, I think about how Jesus, you know, in the gospels, when he was on this earth, his life was very full. Mm -hmm. um, yet, like you said, he he said no, probably to a lot more than he said yes to. Mm -hmm. And there were people who may not have been healed, people who may not have gotten to hear him. Um, and yet despite, you know, his, his life was full, and yet in reading in his interactions with people, he was never in a rush. Right, yes. And living this unhurried life and how easy it are human nature to think when we're waking up with a to-do list mm -hmm. on the forefront of our mind and we know what needs to get done or maybe what we think needs to get done you know sometimes it's that shifts as well right. uh, but learning to embrace the moment and be fully present mm -hmm with whoever's in front of us or who God may have us to minister to. Um, that's something I feel like I see how Jesus modeled that for us as well. Right. Right. He was frequently interrupted. 
And I know there's been times in my life when, when any interruption would kind of like internally set me over the edge. Like, I don't, I don't have time for this interruption right now. And I mean, Jesus was frequently interrupted and, and he embraced those interruptions. He met people right where they were. He dialogued with them, just like you were saying. So. I, you mentioned delight and uh, in my practicing Sabbath, my, my parents now practice it as well. And so mm-hmm. we, we, we talk about delight in, you know, in how, even in the things that we're going to eat. And so thinking ahead to what am I going to cook for our Sabbath dinner mm-hmm. or um, even what delight looks like for different people mm-hmm. and what is life-giving and restful for one may be very different than another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been something that I've grown to learn more about too, because I think when I used to hear Sabbath, I had one thing in mind Mm -hmm. and growing and learning and then experiencing it for myself. It really is very different than I think the perspective Mm -hmm. that we might have believed or even the little that we knew, you know, with Mm -hmm. the, the importance of ceasing and and stopping. Mm -hmm. And, and worshiping the Lord and delighting and um, and really contemplating, you know, who he is and just having that pause. I know I think about my, my dad finds working around the yard and around the house super life-giving. Mm-hmm. And I think that the thought of that exhausts me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's something that he actually, you know, he he looks at the importance of being renewed day by day. And that mm-hmm. is, he looks at that as, as a part of his renewal um, in doing those things mm-hmm. and practicing that. Whereas he would probably be very restless if he was trying to rest or, or mm-hmm. the way that I was, you know, in sure. taking time to read or taking a nap or enjoying cooking something. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's an interesting journey. Mm-hmm. We're constantly learning and growing and, learning ourselves and of course learning more about the Lord in the process. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I'm grateful that it's, it's not we, that we get to this certain point and it's like, there's not more to learn that, you know, yeah. there's always more, there's always more right. to, to delight in. And even that taking a walk is mm-hmm. something that I think in the busyness of life, we we might do as like I have to take a walk because I need to get my 15 minutes of exercise in or whatever the case may be but there's a difference between that kind of a walk versus a sabbath walk where it's taking a deep breath and noticing the things around you yeah yeah yeah. like the kids who are laughing down the block or the trees turning and Mm -hmm. slowing down enough to notice those things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, a book that I loved on Sabbath that was just super inviting to me was, uh, it's just called Sabbath by Dan Allender. I don't know if you've ever read that one, but it's a great resource. Um, just talking about some of the themes that we've mentioned. So I, we'll I, check I, I like that out. for listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, reading reading books like this is helpful. I, I also read The the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. Um, that was was eye-opening as well and it's it's just helpful to have 
ways that, you know, sometimes reading a book, we can see words pop off a page where someone else is able to articulate something that we didn't know how to describe in the past, mm -hmm. or just, it's just a light bulb moment. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for all these different resources that we've been given and community of people. It's almost like when I hear someone um, has embraced this, it's almost like, yes, <laughs> I'm always excited to hear um, what that experience is like for other people and, and how it has blessed their life in, in mm -hmm. different ways. Right. Right. That's great. I, you mentioned self-awareness um you know how your dad had certain things that are totally rejuvenating to him that may not be to you and i think kind of going back to talking about burnout self-awareness is such a key aspect knowing what energizes you knowing what depletes you knowing how much sleep you need knowing what margin you need in your life and i i just think that's a key point in in helping to prevent burnout is this self-awareness knowing your strengths knowing your weaknesses yeah I think there's there's such I have found in my in my own life personally that where there was a time where I would have resisted the thought of limitations mm -hmm. and wanting to take it all on myself. I, I've actually learned that there's such a liberty in acknowledging my own limitations because it takes the pressure off of absolutely of me having to be the one to do this or to do it this certain way mm -hmm. and to to even understand my own capacity and that could change you know even with different seasons of life mm -hmm. one something that may have been more restful for me more life-giving for me mm -hmm. or maybe that i had more energy for mm -hmm. sometimes you know our bodies change our circumstances change our schedules change and it it's finding a new way to implement rhythms that will be life-giving and allow us to really draw closer to Jesus in right. that particular season. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, in your journey in seminary, when did you know this was something that you wanted to to share with others, that it would be mm. part of your life story where it's not you just you understanding the importance of soul care and mm -hmm. preventing burnout, but that you wanted other people to to know and experience that as well? Mm, that's a good question. Um, some of the statistics that I saw in my research had, I was looking, I looked at three different groups. I looked at pastors because I was working in a seminary at a time and we're, we're training people to go into vocational ministry mostly, um, whether that's counseling, whether that's all sorts of different things, but um, we are training people to do that. And so I really wanted to look at pastors and see the percentage of burnout among them. Then I wanted to look at students because I, wanted to help our students cultivate habits and patterns in their life then that would help them in the long haul when they were in ministry. Um, and then I looked at women because that was a particular interest of mine too, just to see how the differences were between men and women. And the prevalence that I saw among pastors, I mean, there's all sorts of different statistics, but um, it was a high amount of burnout, a high amount of turnover, a high amount of transition, high amount of wrestling. And so I knew if the percentage of people that actually were burned out um, was so high that the people that are dancing around it, kind of that category that we talked about it is even higher. And so um, 
with all of that, just looking at the prevalence and looking at our culture today and how we, we live in this crazy busy 24 seven, always connected, work more, do more, produce more, be more culture, um, that many of us are struggling with the question like, am I enough? Am I doing enough? And so all of that just really gave me this burden to, to really want to share how can we live life differently? How can we, I mean, John 15 is just such a scripture in my life that has ministered to me so much. And it, it directly talks about this, just the fruit and the vine, like God's saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. So to remind ourselves of that, like that goes back to the whole limit things, like apart from him, I can do nothing. But yet with him, I'm receiving life and he is the key. My abiding in him is the key to being faithful and to flourish and to have a fruitful ministry. Um, and so all of that just really compelled me to really want to share um, and help people look. I mean, I can share what contributes to it, the risk factors, um, signs of burnout, all of that kind of thing. But looking at the flip side, like, what does it look like to live a life that is just centered in, a, in the Lord and abiding in Christ and to live out of that, to let that overflow out of you. How is that different? Um, I've struggled a lot in my own life of just trying to gut things out on my own, you know, um, pulling myself up by my own bootstraps to use a overused phrase, but feeling like I am, I am depending on my own resources rather than depending on the very source of life. And so my compulsion was I want to help people live connected to the vine. So that, yeah, that's what, something I'm super passionate about. <laughs> and I appreciate that because that's something I've grown to be passionate about myself. And yes. it's, though I'm always learning and growing, it's, it's coming to a place where I've learned what I've learned so far and how beautiful it is and mm -hmm. fruitful like you mm -hmm. said, and just abiding in, in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to keep that to myself, mm -hmm. especially in seeing that the pace of life, uh, that it's so easy to get sucked into just right. with the current. It takes a little bit of work and pausing mm -hmm. and praying and self-awareness to be able to find what that looks like because it's not cookie cutter necessarily it looks different for different people but it it's it's a joy to be able to mm -hmm. share some of that with other people and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that that's a part of your work mm -hmm. and ministry and life and that you sh you do share out of that that place of abiding and mm -hmm. It's it's encouraging to have been a recipient, mm -hmm. and and to be able to to just share you know your journey because mm -hmm. I think it's it's important for people to hear stories um, and and people's journeys. There's just life in that and hearing other people's stories and what that looks like. And I, I think that there's a, a whole culture that doesn't realize that we don't have to we don't have to live this way. Mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not God's best mm -hmm. for us for him for those around us and to just experience him to pause and experience him and then share that with others as a gift and so I'm grateful that you you share that gift with others and and sharing with it today mm -hmm. it's an absolute joy to do so 
What is something that you might say to someone who's listening today and this is completely brand new? Do you have a piece of advice or mm. word of encouragement for someone on the the journey of discovering what the right rhythms in their life would be a grace pace grace pace that's mm, kind of going back to that idea of identity the idea of dependence and the idea of rhythm i think those having those three things focusing on those three things can really help people cultivate a life that your work comes out of your rest your work comes out of your rest and your connection with the Lord. And so when I say identity, I mean focusing in on the fact that you're a beloved daughter. We have all these roles. We have all these hats that we play. Those are, they're important. I'm not diminishing the fact that they're important, but they're not who you are at the core of your being. And they, they change over time. Things shift. And so really focusing in on that fact that I'm a child of God and that's my identity he's God and I'm not is <laughs> so key. So there's that idea of identity. And then that idea of dependence that we talked about too, kind of going back to John 15. I like to say like, I can't sprout grapes on my own. Like I have to have be connected to the vine in order to have any sort of fruitful life. And so just this idea of dependence to live independence on him instead of like everything depends on me. Um, Cause that's how I've operated in the past. Like, feeling like everything depends on me. I've, I've got to check off all these boxes. If I drop this ball, then it's going to be dropped. So just recognizing that that's actually not the case and to live in dependence upon him instead of like everything depends on me. And then going back to this idea of rhythm of how do we cultivate a healthy rhythm of work and rest? How do we stop? How do we take the breaks? How do we build margin into our life? Um, God has invited us to partner with him. And I think we forget that so often as we just start going about our day. And so how can I cultivate, what practices will help me cultivate throughout my day, attentiveness to the Lord, um, whether that's setting a reminder on my phone to do like a fixed hour prayer practice, or whether it's taking a walk and just noticing creation around me, whatever it is, how can I be more attentive to the fact that God is ever present with me? Um, so those are, that's what I would mention as just some tips. That's so helpful. I think that, and how they, they intertwine, even when thinking of being a daughter mm. and as children, we're dependent mm-hmm. on our father. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in the different seasons of life, there are different rhythms and, and even discovering what that is as a daughter, you yeah. know, looking to her father and, mm-hmm. um, following in his pace and being mm-hmm. able to to we can't go wrong there mm-hmm. that's right well in our time at mission uplift we always close our time in in prayer and lifting up the the listeners and i wonder if you would be willing to take a few moments and and pray however you feel led for those who are listening in today i would be absolutely honored to do that Father, I just thank you that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And that's your character. I thank you that you invite us into this deep abiding relationship with you. 
um, that any burdens that we have, we can take that to you and you um, allow us to rest in your care and in your presence and in your grace and in your love for us, Father. So I pray for Jen. I pray for all those that might be listening to this today, Lord. I pray that you will give them that sense of rest and peace. Father, that they can um, be attentive to your presence in their daily lives, that every moment of every day, every breath that we have comes from you. Um, You sustain us. You love us so deeply and so tenderly. Um, I pray that we can just truly rest in that as your people. Um, God, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this time that we've had together. We give you all the praise for it. It's in your name and by the power of the spirit that we pray. Amen. Amen. Michelle, thank you for taking this time to share a part of your story, your uplifting story and uplifting the importance of soul care in the lives of those around you. And I'm grateful, grateful for you and appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Jen. It's my pleasure. I loved this talk with Michelle and so appreciate her words of wisdom and the encouragement to live a grace-paced life. She shared the importance of cultivating a healthy rhythm of work and rest. And if you listen to our last podcast episode, Uplifting Rest with Deanna Mason, you may have picked up on similar themes. I encourage you to take some time to consider what sort of rhythm God may be inviting you into. It doesn't necessarily need to be a major life change, but making those small but consistent adjustments goes a long way. Like when Michelle shared about how she starts her mornings, she makes the conscious decision not to pick up her phone, but to first remind herself that she belongs to God, that she's his beloved. And she asks the Lord, what do you have for me today? Before even leaving her bedroom. Or the practice of Sabbath, which is another rhythm that has come up in multiple episodes. Next month, I'm going to talk a bit more about the importance of rhythms and continue the conversation about what that looks like practically and how to create your own soul care toolkit of sorts. It's a summer of rest, rhythms, and renewal here with Mission Uplift. I hope you'll join us for the journey. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Mission Uplift podcast and our YouTube channel. Follow Mission Uplift on social media. And if these conversations have been a blessing to you, consider leaving a review. I also invite you to check out our Patreon page and prayerfully consider partnering with the Mission Uplift community. I'll be back in two weeks with another uplifting episode. See you soon.